Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is Good Friday of 2022, and you will hear Father Bob Miller speak on the Passion. I once had a friend, a priest named Peter, who had honed his skills of reading scripture in the original Greek. That's one of the requirements that they have for ordination, that you be able to translate Holy Scripture. But Peter went one step beyond. He was fluent in it. And listening to him read, It was as if you heard the words for the first time. I remember that when Peter died, his daughter and two sons washed his body and anointed it with scented oil, a sign of their love for him. And when I read St. John's account of the death of Jesus, There is a part of me that is there with the others. My eyes well up with tears for the one they called the King of the Jews. And I can easily see his mother, supported by the disciple whom Jesus loved, and Mary, the wife of Clopas. And there is Mary Magdalene who, like the daughter and sons of my friend Peter, is ready with damp cloths and scented oil, hoping to cleanse and anoint his crucified body. Mary's love for Jesus sees beyond the bleeding lines that the whip cut into his back when he was scourged. She sees beyond the cuts in his head caused by the crown of thorns fashioned by the centurions to mock him. She sees beyond the deep wound in his side caused by the centurion's lance to ensure that he was dead. Mary of Magdala sees only the man who led her to God, the man who had compassion for lepers and the other outcasts of society. Mary sees the man who taught her to forgive. This was the man who showed her the way to our Heavenly Father. Crucifixion is a cruel way of dying. The tendons in the arms and feet are stretched by the weight of the body. And unlike the others who were crucified with him, Jesus did not curse his tormentors. 
a man dying on the cross would not have the energy to let alone pray for others. And I suspect that the words that we have recorded were not what the onlookers expected to hear. Father, forgive them. Jesus saved his strength to look down from the cross and into tearful eyes of his mother and the man he loved most. His last words are to place them in each other's care. A sponge is provided by the one, one of the centurions who dips it in a dish of sour wine for his parched lips. And after tasting the wine, Jesus inhales to his lungs a final breath of air and says, It is finished. And with that, he bows his head in death. The body hung there for hours. Finally, a group of Roman soldiers arrived and seeing that he was already dead, ordered his body to be taken down, to be placed on the cart and buried with the others in a pit. Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret follower of Jesus, had gone to Pilate's house the day before and asked for a writ to take charge of the body. He had an unused tomb in a nearby garden where the body might be placed. Pilate consented, demanding a few coins as a bribe. The centurion in charge hesitated, but consented when he saw Mary Magdalene rush to the body of Jesus as it was being lifted down. You see, Mary saw him whole, not broken by the wounds of the Christ. But it was too late in the afternoon for the anointing. Several soldiers were ordered to wrap the body in a shroud and carry it to the tomb and then seal the entrance with a large stone. Nobody, not even the women, would be allowed to get near him. It was finished as far as the centurions were concerned. And as an added precaution to prevent someone from stealing the body, one of the centurions was ordered to stand watch for the night. We are reminded these days, that those in power continue to wield force and use violence to have their way. There's much for us to do here, as Jesus would have us do. Feeding the hungry, welcoming and assisting the immigrant, caring for the sick, teaching the next generation to love one another. And so we join in prayer 
Father, may your kingdom come. Your will be done among us on this earth as it is surely in heaven. I want to ask you some questions, and they're really questions of myself as well, but they're questions for reflection. The gospel commands us to have compassion, which means we are to suffer with the crucified one. Do you want to be drawn out of yourself? Is there a desire within you to accompany Jesus even in this? And can you ask the Father for this? And if not, that's okay. That's okay. Ask instead for the desire to want to be with him. Can you do so? The gift of compassion within the passion is the gift of escaping our narrow selves and of dying to them. And when any part of us even the selfish part of us that repels us is threatened. What do we do? We resist. We even resist the death of those darkest parts of ourselves. This is the heart of our lostness. And Jesus bears even this. Look at the face of Jesus. What is he thinking? What is he feeling? Can you ask? Can you await his reply in word, in gesture, or in glance? How did you feel when you heard he was bound and whipped by the centurions? Jesus is love incarnate. He is love become a human being. And this is what we are asked to feel compassion for, for love made flesh. And this is what happens to the living love in the world. We hold it in little esteem, do we not? What is it like to have compassion on such a man? How do you react? Some think of it as weakness. Do you turn your back on love like Judas when it is crushed or when it is betrayed? Do you rise up like Peter in fear and fury to crush that which is which crushes love to strike back because it hurts or are you filled with sadness do you mourn 
speak with Jesus about what happens to your compassion as he is carried away. Tell him what you are afraid of and what it is like to suffer with him. Speak with him as one friend speaks to another. Let us pray. Gracious Father, you declared, your Son declared we will find eternal life in you. Fill us with your love, with trust and with hope that like our Lord, we may be transfigured and serve you in this life and in the life to come. Amen.